0: Hey, friends. Sometimes things just don't go as planned. That was actually a big focus of last week's episode, episode 112. Right now, it's February 2022, and for many of us, January was a tough month. We faced illness, school closures, and all kinds of things happened that knocked us off track on the way to starting new habits and kicking off our work toward goals and resolutions. Life happens. But when you've got a plan in place, you've got a track to get back on when you get knocked off. This week, I want to continue that theme, but I'm going to zoom in a bit. Sometimes things don't go as planned, not just in terms of kicking off the year, but in the course of your day. When everything turns upside down, when everything goes up in flames, when the you-know-what hits the fan... You just have to hit the reset button and keep moving. Stick around and listen in for a replay of episode 88, Calm, Cool, and Collected, How to Reset and Keep Moving Forward When Your Day Goes Up in Flames. If you've never listened to this one before, it's your lucky day. You're going to love it. And if you have heard it before, this might be just the refresher you need ahead of the next Unexpected Fiasco. Life happens. Let's keep moving forward together. Here's episode 88. When things go south, when push comes to shove, when all hell breaks loose, your day goes up in flames and everything goes wrong, how do you bounce back? How do you reset, push through, and keep going? Hey friends, and welcome to episode 88 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearborn gornick And today's episode is all about how to deal when nothing is going your way. Whether your schedule is totally upended due to something out of your control, a traffic jam, a coworker, your baby has a blowout right as you're getting in the car to go to church and you're already late, you name it, we have all been there in some form or fashion. It's enough to make you want to give up and hide under a blanket. But when hiding under a blanket isn't an option, we've got to reset and keep moving forward. So today I'm talking about how to deal when things go haywire. You'll hear me discuss why a reset ritual is one of the most important mini routines you can have. I'll share the key difference between a ritual and a habit, and I'll give you tips for how to choose your own reset ritual so you can take a breath and keep going when the going gets tough. And because I know you've got a lot going on, you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands, or you're folding laundry or putting away the dishes, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from today's episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 88.
1: If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman
0: Cornick. Sometimes it's hard for me to believe that a little over a decade ago, you could find me click clacking around the marble halls of Congress in pointy toe heels, sporting Navy J. Crew Super 120 skirt suits and a government ID badge. As a scheduler to a United States Congressman, it wasn't unusual for me to spend 10 to 12 hour days parked in front of an outlook calendar, managing the minute by minute schedule of one of the busiest people in America. And by the way, scheduler as a job title, It's exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of like an executive assistant whose full-time job is managing a crazy, hectic schedule. Every week, hundreds of emails flooded my inbox, all containing details for dinners, receptions, fundraisers, meeting requests from constituents, lobbyists, nonprofit organizations, CEOs, and even nuns and priests all flying into D.C. from Louisiana. Plus, there were speaking invitations, special events, events in D.C., events back home in New Orleans, events on the East Coast, the West Coast, not to mention committee meetings and the ever-changing, ever-volatile congressional vote schedule that could totally change at any given moment. It was a lot like creating a schedule for someone who had to be everywhere at once. On Friday mornings, I'd organize all of these requests for my boss's time. I'd print each one, organize them, categorize them, make recommendations and compile them neatly in a binder to present to our chief of staff. Our chief of staff, he would turn each page, scan the details, and then scribble yes, no, or staff with a bright blue marker. Handling the no's was pretty easy. They'd get a quick templated email regretfully declining. My love of email templates was definitely born early on in that role. Passing out the meetings assigned to staff was also pretty simple. I'd pop the printout in our legislative director's little office mailbox, or I'd leave a stack on the legislative assistant's desk. Sometimes even the legislative correspondent would get to take a meeting or two. And once the meeting was passed off, my work was done. They'd take it from there and make it happen. But the yeses, that's when my work really began. I'd meticulously examine each request, the availability they provided, their travel days to and from DC, the amount of time they requested with the Congressman. Now remember, these meeting requests were from folks who made the trip up from New Orleans to DC for one or two days max. And they usually only came once a year. So we had a tight window to work with, and this was it for them. If we couldn't match up the schedules, they might have to wait another six months or even a year for their meeting. Not to mention, these groups traveling up from the district were also in the process of scheduling meetings with other offices on the Hill. So there were a lot of moving parts to contend with. So I'd prioritize and slowly but surely craft an intricate puzzle of meetings in order to fit each and every yes into a limited amount of available time. Working around anticipated vote schedules, committee meetings, and making sure to leave enough space for bathroom breaks and lunch for my boss. Side note, yes, my first week on the job, I actually forgot to leave space for bathroom breaks for the congressman. That was an interesting conversation and quite a learning moment about the importance of white space or margin in your calendar. So by the end of Friday, I was exhausted from making calls, arranging, rearranging, confirming timelines and gathering additional details. But the calendar for the week ahead was complete and it was a thing of beauty. Each appointment contained the purpose of the meeting, the names and titles of everyone attending, any key decision points to be made, and any other important background info that would make the meeting a success. I can take a deep breath and head into the weekend feeling complete. Now, fast forward to say Tuesday, this schedule, this pure thing of beauty that I've meticulously crafted, it's in action. The office is running like clockwork. Constituents are happy. Staff is happy. The boss is happy. All is right in the world. I smile and bask in all of my wondrous handiwork displayed on my computer screen. And then, out of nowhere, the vote bells ring. The vote bells ring. Imagine a long loud, shrill school bell, you know, the kind that signals the end of class that it's time to grab your books and move on to the next. When the vote bells rang unexpectedly, my eyes would grow as big as saucers and I could instantly feel my stress level rising like the mercury on a thermometer on a boiling summer's day. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Most of the time, we knew when votes would take place. We'd usually get emails in advance and could plan around them. But when the bells rang unexpectedly, all bets were off. The apple cart was upset. The day was blown to bits and the congressman would have to leave in the middle of whatever meeting he was in and make his way to the house floor regardless of where my beautiful schedule said he should be. All of my hard work was completely undone at the sound of the bells. I would want to scream and throw things. I actually heard a similar bell go off somewhere a few years ago, and all of those stressed out feelings flooded back, and my flight or fight instinct almost kicked in. Like I could feel it. <laughs> but of course, when the vote bells unexpectedly rang, blowing my carefully choreographed data bits. Instead of screaming and throwing things, I'd have to spring into action. I'd furiously start making calls, trying to keep my cool. Okay, who's next on the schedule? They're on their way? Can Clayton take the meeting? Will they still be here tomorrow? Hi, how are you? Can you come at two o'clock? No, your flight home is at two o'clock. All right, let me call you back in just a few minutes. It was, it was a mess. It was, the most stressful part of the job, but I discovered something important in the midst of the chaos that continued to serve me well. Once I hung up my house of reps ID badge and moved back to Louisiana to work in crisis communications. And that my friends is the importance of having your very own reset ritual. When things go haywire and you can feel the stress rising up, but you're in a situation where you've got to keep your cool, having a reset ritual can help you regain your sense of calm and move forward with a clear head. So what exactly is a reset ritual? A reset ritual is an action or a series of actions you can take to calm yourself reduce your stress level, and continue moving forward with whatever task you're currently engaged in. You could call it a reset routine, and that would still be accurate, but I like using reset ritual, and here's why. A routine or a habit on its own doesn't necessarily carry its own meaning or purpose, but a ritual, a ritual has meaning, purpose, or intention associated with it. So for example, when you walk into a dark room, turning on the light is actually considered a habit. We just do it without thinking about it. But it's not a habit that we give a great deal of meaning to. The room is dark, we turn on the light. Boom, habit complete. Not a lot of intention or deeper meaning involved. We just do it. An evening skincare routine, on the other hand, could be considered a ritual because of the intention involved. You're being intentional about the order in which you're applying your serum, your face cream, and your eye cream. So in a nutshell, rituals are routines or habits that have intention, purpose, or meaning. Now, how do you create your own reset ritual so you can calm down and keep moving? If you Google the words reset ritual, you might find a lot of different takes on what a reset ritual could look like. And a lot of the examples include meditation and lighting candles. And sure, that sounds lovely, but when my two-year-old is having a meltdown in the candle aisle at Target, I can't exactly light one real quick and close my eyes for a five-minute meditation to reset myself. That's not, that's not real life, that that doesn't work. <laughs> In order for a reset ritual to actually work in real life when the you-know-what hits the fan, it needs to have these three qualities. First, it should be something that you can do just about anywhere. And notice that I say just about because there are some really good exceptions based on where you spend your time. Chaos can strike anywhere at any time, so I wouldn't recommend a reset routine that requires a special pillow or can only be done in a certain room in your house. You want your reset ritual to be useful anywhere. But like I said, there are always exceptions. Let's say you work from home and you have a reset ritual that you use at home that involves moving from your office space to the backyard, for instance, to clear your head. Making a beeline for your backyard wouldn't work while you're out and about, but this kind of reset ritual could be perfect to use while you're at home. In a similar vein, a physical therapist I worked with would become very stressed out when her colleagues would allow their appointments to run past their end time which would then affect her patient care schedule, making her run behind, and then it would inevitably impact when she was able to leave the clinic each day, which would then impact what time she would pick her kids up from daycare. It was like a domino effect of lateness kicked off by her coworkers. Her reset ritual, instead of blowing up at her coworkers, was to step into the supply closet and take five deep breaths before stepping out and seeing her next patient. But just like your reset ritual should be something that you can do just about anywhere, if she wasn't able to step into the supply closet for whatever reason, she could still take those five deep breaths in the restroom or outside in the back parking lot and achieve the same calming result. The point is you want your reset ritual to work in different environments since life is unpredictable. Second, an ideal reset routine requires minimal supplies, usually something you already have on you, or nothing at all would be even better. As lovely as it would be to roll out a yoga mat in the middle of your office and light a candle after your boss dumps a mountain of paperwork on your desk on Friday at 4 p.m. with a Monday morning deadline... That's not always possible, but maybe it is for you. And if so, that is fantastic. But a yoga mat and a candle definitely would not have fit in my cubicle in the congressman's office. (laughs) Maybe your reset ritual involves listening to a specific song that you can pull up on Spotify with your phone, or you can say, Alexa, play spa music. I'm a big fan of that one. (laughs) Maybe your reset ritual is to touch the beads on your bracelet or to pray the rosary Whatever it is, it helps for your ritual to be portable since, as we know, life is unpredictable. And finally, your ideal reset ritual should be quick. Remember, the purpose of your reset ritual is to calm down and keep moving when everything goes bananas. So a luxurious 30-minute wind-down ritual really needs to wait for another time. Your reset ritual should be quick and effective so you can get your calm, get your clarity, and keep rolling. You could be like my physical therapist friend who takes five deep breaths. Or you could say a quick prayer, repeat a mantra, or use the Breathe app on your Apple Watch. Whatever it is, the goal is to hit your personal reset button, keep your cool, and keep moving. My reset ritual has evolved over the years based on where I work and what I'm doing. When I worked in that crazy scheduler role on the Hill, my reset ritual was to close my eyes, take a few deep breaths, and crack open a fresh Dr. Pepper. I mean, I I didn't say that it was healthy, but that's what worked for me at the time. When I worked in a windowless state government office building in downtown Baton Rouge, taking calls about oil spills and hydraulic fracturing... My reset ritual was to take the elevator down to the first floor, stand outside for a few minutes, take a few deep breaths, and then go back upstairs. All in all, it took me less than five minutes. At a PR firm in New Orleans, in between crisis communications conference calls, if I needed to reset, sometimes that looked like closing my eyes at my desk for a few seconds and looking at a picture of my dog, Penelope, because... That always made me smile and put me in a good mood. But sometimes it looked like taking a quick five-minute walk down Magazine Street and back to the office. And my current reset ritual? Right now, I have two. Here's the first one. Whenever I sit down at my desk and I'm feeling completely overwhelmed or stressed, but I have a very limited amount of time to get work done... I grab a pen and I start writing in a notebook, just free writing to get all my thoughts out and onto paper. And once everything is out, I can get to work with more clarity and less overwhelm. But that's just for when I'm at my desk and really need to get work done. The second reset ritual in my toolbox is the quickest, most portable one I've had yet. And somehow it's also the most powerful. Whenever I can feel the stress rising or the tears welling up out of frustration, whether I'm stuck in a traffic jam with a screaming, hungry baby, or trying to get my tantrum-throwing toddler off the ground at the snowball stand, or my presentation crashes in the middle of a live workshop, I play Wait For It from Hamilton in my head. Yes, Wait For It, the one that Aaron Burr sings. (laughs) From Hamilton in my head. And if you're not a Hamilton nerd like I am, it goes like this. And no, I am not going to sing it for you, but these are the words I am the one thing in life I can control. I am inimitable. I am an original. I'm not falling behind or running late. I'm not standing still. I am lying in wait. And that's my reset ritual. Those lyrics, they help me shift my mindset, my perspective, it calms me down, and it helps me keep moving forward. And maybe it sounds ridiculous and you're like, oh my gosh, Anna, wow, you're a total nerd. I can't believe you're telling us this. But y'all, if it works, it works. So my challenge to you is to design your very own reset ritual that you can put into action next time you feel the stress rising and you want to blow your top, but you just can't. Maybe you copy and paste mine and it works well for you. I would love that. Maybe you take deep breaths in a supply closet. Maybe you get up and do some stretches or you go for a quick walk. What's something that you can do That can be done just about anywhere, that doesn't really require a bunch of stuff or supplies, and that can be quick. So you can hit the reset button and keep moving. So there you have it. Having a reset ritual is your secret weapon to regaining your calm, finding some clarity, and moving forward when your stress levels are rising. A ritual differs from a habit because it's got intention and meaning behind it. And the best reset ritual is one that can easily be done anywhere with little to no stuff required, and it's quick. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 88. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 89. I mentioned that one of my reset rituals right now involves getting my swirling thoughts out of my head and onto paper so I can start work with a clear head. It's called doing a mind sweep. And next week, I'll be diving deeper into this activity that can be useful for feeling calm and in control, even when life feels chaotic and crazy. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in.